Guys, I'm trying to hold on. I'm trying to get my friend back. We kind of lost him, and I'm trying to find out where he's at. Uh, trying to get out. We had Mr. Howard Moskowitz, so we're going to have to. I'm going to have to try this again. Uh, hold on. Let me see. Invite a guest. Hold on. All right. Hold on. Something happened. It kicked us off. Bum, 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 bum. Guess. Did I just blow something? I don't know what happened, but I got somebody named Laura on here. I don't know. Uh, that's my friend Laura Estefania, and she's part of the reason why I'm thrilled to talk a little bit about Laura. She's from Colombia, and she's taking my technology, and she's spreading it among the students and the poor people of Colombia in order to give them a chance. She believes in the vision, and I am so grateful to her to be my friend. Talk to us a little bit about where you're from, where you grew up, what kind of little boy were you? Okay, well, uh, I grew up, I was born at the end of World War II on April 1944, which makes me 77, and in the words of a six-year-old, seven months, not six months. You know, anybody who has a six-year-old knows that they have their life to the first week. Okay. I grew up, I was born in the Bronx, New York. My father was away in World War II fighting. He was part of the Nazification and helped the Germans get back on their feet with the democratic government. I had come from an Orthodox religious Jewish family. My father was going to be a rabbi, but he went into the United Nations instead and became an expert on human rights. His name is Moses Moskowitz. Uh, and he believed in human rights for everybody, except, of course, those of his sons, which was me, where I think he might have thrown out the book. That's a whole different story. Um, so I come from a group of rabbis. I went to Jewish Orthodox schools. I went to Queens College, and I studied mathematics and psychology. After that, I was fortunate enough in 1965 to be accepted to Harvard University to study psychology. It was a rocky study. I was mechanically incompetent. And when I say mechanically incompetent, I could have posed a national uh, emergency had I been allowed to touch anything of electrical nature. My doctoral professor, this is the hand of God, said to me, do something where you don't cause any damage. Because you won't be here anyway, but do something that you'll keep you busy. It won't cause any damage. Why don't you do something like taste with political scaling? You have to imagine a 23-year-old terrified young wealth in graduate school. And everybody else was so smart, and this guy didn't know AC from DC. But I persevered. I did my work, and I could get no job except working for the military. U.S. Army Native Laboratories. I went there February 2nd or 3rd, 1969, full of trepidation as a young 24-year-old. 
in the pioneering research laboratory, but because my world was the world of taste and food, they made me work with the food laboratory itself. And there I went into such interesting things as MRE. MRE, meal ready to eat. The apotheosis, the wonderful thing, which also is uh, a first cousin to SOS. And those of you who are in the military know what SOS is and need not go further. But I helped develop some really good products with them. I was the psychologist working with them. So they didn't really know what to put in, how to test it. They had a food acceptance lab that I worked there. It was a very wonderful experience. And I must say that despite the fact that I was young and frightened, it was a wonderful place to work. That's where I realized the true dedication of many of the soldiers. And of course, in some ways, and there are those of you who will, I hope will forgive me, the pure insanity of mixing the government and the army and science. I don't know whose idea was this. It worked. But as some of the military said, and army travels on its condiments, there was others who said that we have to increase the basic daily food allowance so the soldiers stop eating at McDonald's. We have to even make our food palatable. Well, seven years, and my father said once again, Howard, uh, don't you want to do something meaningful with your life? You have a nice, cushy job with the government and with the military, and you're doing, and you seem to be very happy. But don't you want to do something for humanity? Give yourself a chance to do something of more consequence than just be a scientist. Now, most people would be totally thrilled with having a cushy job nine to five, having, being able to go to the officer's club for Friday lunch, unless of course we went at the friendlies, which was more desirable because the food was better, and being able to rub elbows with all sorts of visiting government and military officials. And I wanted that, but my father's warnings were so strong that I decided I was going to take the science that I had developed on food and see if I could make a living by myself. That was the best thing that ever happened to me. I come from a family of absolutely no businessmen. So here we have two strikes against me. I don't know AC from DC, and I don't know business. I started trying to do what I did for World Ready Team for military food, which is systematically vary the ingredients. God was on my side. I was successful with pickles, uh, producing zesty pickles, and then producing products like Frego and um, uh, Tropicana roasting and orange juice with uh, Talk to us about because I come. My wife is Italian, so she cooks a lot of sauces, and so and when I was single, I ate a lot of prego. So you ate a lot of prego. Yep. You're a product of me. So talk Son. to us about how that. Volcano. So the year is 1979. My friend George Fabian was working in Chesborough Commons, and 
they owned Ragu. And I had done some work a year before with Ragu. So George says, I'm going to be the uh, marketing research director of Prego, or actually of campus. He said, why don't you come on down and give it a talk about what you can do? So I went down to a group of people, and one of the people there was Kathleen McDonald. And she was an attractive lady, about eight years older than I was. I always had uh, an eye for pretty and lovely and smart women. I'm not dead yet. Um, so if you have any 90-year-olds, I'm there. Um, no, I'm a married man, so. Uh, but so I started, I had dinner with Kathleen at this place called Lamberti's, and she said, Howard, I am the manager of a new product called Prego. We're having tremendous problems against a company called Ragu. That's when I almost choked. And I said, well, it was two years ago that I worked with Ragu. I can work with you. So she said, I believe in what you're doing. Tell us what we should do. And I said, Kathleen, sit down. What I want to do is find out what's the opportunity in Prego. She said, okay, that makes a lot of sense. I said, I want you to give me six ingredients which really make a difference. She said, I have to talk to my mom. She did, so there was chunks, there was sweeteners, etc. And I said to her, okay, would you make these 45 products? She said, I have to ask R&D. Mr. Ralph Cooper, a blessed member, said, I don't want any of this 45. I'm going to tell you what's good and what's not. That's the act. Well, she says, I'm the boss. And he was bigger than her, but she was the boss. So they made 45 products, and we went around the country and tested the different products. And then we built a mathematical model, and we showed them that there were three optimal products for doing three different groups of people. They said, are you kidding me? I said, no, this is what the data said. And they made it, and they made a product called Ragu, uh, not Ragu, Trago Chunky. Remember that? Came, uh, came out of this business. And all of a sudden, their, their sales increased by 40 or 50%. And they couldn't believe it. And they were making money hand over fist. And then they started giving me work on uh, products like uh, soup, tomato soup, etc. I, 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 I eat tomato. I eat Campbell's tomato soup at least twice a week. So I'm a big Great. That was optimized too. So that's my legacy there. And then I started to work with Pizza Hut. And I did the same thing. You know, make me 36 different pizzas. We're going to taste them. And the consumers will eat them. And then we'll figure out a mathematical model and increase the sales of Pizza Hut. So the, the big thing was then doing that and then doing that for Maxwell House Coffee. All of a sudden, 1990 comes along, and uh, I get a call from uh, a, a company uh, called Discover Card, and they said, do you know whether you can do your magic? They called it magic. I, 
you know, if you know the science, it's not magic. And I said, well, what do you want? They said, we want to know what to offer in a credit card. And I'm sitting to myself and I say, I can't, I can't believe this. These guys are bankers. They don't know what to offer in a credit card. So one says, we're going to offer dolls, we're going to offer this. They call it near the shot, this little stuff that you forget. So I said, why don't we do the same thing as we did for uh, uh, Campbell's and for uh, for uh, Pepsi Cola and for actually this it spam, believe it or not. I optimize spam. Can you imagine? But let's systematically vary what we can say about these uh, cards and let's give the combinations to the consumer and let the consumer react. So we know behind the ingredient in each combination of messages the consumer's reacting like this is a big buzz of confusion. And we'll figure out what the messages are that really turn the consumers on. Not a whole lot different from the way we got the Prego Chucky. So something comes out which nearly got me thrown out of Discover Card. And that was they were saying, Well, we want the we want the cash back. And the brand manager's got the stupidest thing I ever heard cash back. What are you crazy? Nobody wants cash back. They want the little toys. Nobody wants cash back. That's so silly. Well, guess what's big to that cash back? Cash back. And then I did the same thing with the Oral B toothbrush, where I said, here's the combination of features. And there they didn't throw me out. It was very nice. I sound like I, I get thrown out. I get thrown out a lot because it comes out with not with what they want, but what really works and sells a lot of money. So I started thinking, you know something? This is all very miserable. I'm miserable, they're miserable. I'm not doing God's work and they're not paying attention except when they make some money and even then they forget. Why not? Use this to teach children how to think. So I said, let me take my mind stuff, which was used to create the credit card and cash back and sell things and advertisements, and let it make let me make it into something that would be good for kids to use. And so I templated it and I called it Bimuli. Big Mind Learning App. And to make a long story short, I said, if you follow these templated rules, what you'll do is as follows. You'll be able to think out think anybody in the world and have a college education or for a small business, you'll be able to beat out the big businesses. Now you're going to ask me how you're going to do it. Or if you weren't going to ask me how you were going to do it, I'll ask myself, how would you do it? This is the craziest thing I've ever heard. So those of you who are still paying attention, both one or both of you, imagine you tuned into this uh, pro, uh, this website called www.bimileap, and you're a group of four kids getting together on a Saturday afternoon after playing field hockey or doing something or going shopping. Part-time job, etc. 
Saturday afternoon, Sunday afternoon. And your job is to learn how to think. And I'm going to prepare you, or better, you're going to prepare yourself for a better life. So you open up this, and this is how Howard Moskowitz learned, and Howard Moskowitz is going to give you what Howard Moskowitz does, so that you're going to be able to do more of Howard Moskowitz than you can. And I don't want anything from you but for success, and you're giving back. So you open up and says, what's the name of your topic? The name of my topic is making a better classroom. Oh, sounds good. It's your kid. It can make a better product. It can be how do I introduce myself to somebody who can offer success. But you pick a topic. So the four kids are working together. That's the topic. How do I make a, uh, a how do I introduce myself to somebody who can offer success? Now you think of four questions. Huh? I never did that. I was always told to memorize. Think of four questions. For this question of how do I introduce myself and make people of the opposite sex like me? I have to think of four questions. I think of four questions all the time. I'm a kid. You know, I fall in love with a stick. Yeah. If the broke stick walks along, I'm madly in love. Okay. If I meet somebody, let's say it's a girl of the opposite sex, what should I say to her first? Then how can I make sure that we have another meeting? How do I find out what she's interested in? And how do I make sure that I do things that she will like? Except Sense? 
So we yeah. started out with a topic. We started out with four questions that they had to organize their mind. We started out with four answers that they had to come And we had a rating scale. Now we're going to send this off to 50 girls in a panel. The panel is lucid. And we'll say we want to meet girls 17 to 19. Okay. It's going to send an invitation. Each girl is going to be sent 24 combinations of two, three, or four minutes at a time. Oh, that's interesting. Two, three, or four answers. One from column A, one from column B, one from column C, one from column A. And all the person who's part of the panel has to do is read each one of these 24 and just give a response. Don't think about it, give a response. Now, another girl gets it from somewhere else and she sees a different set of 24. And the third girl gets it. We don't know who the girls are. We just know that they're girls. We know how old they are. The computer now knows what's present or absent in every one of these combinations because it's making the combinations up according to recipe. We'll call it experimental design, not so much different from the way we created the different 25 frames. These are recipes of ideas and outcomes and instantaneous analysis after five minutes showing what every element drives a girl to be interested in talking to a boy, as well as the fact of two and three mindsets of and some girls are interested in certain kinds of messages about the boy, and maybe other girls are interested in the boy, the girl. Wow! Can you imagine what a tool that is to learn about people? Now, so now we have a fun thing. And after two or three experiences with different topics, our four students are crackerjacks. Now they want to get into high school or college or their job. So they're interviewing for a job. They find out the job has to do with veterinary services. So they look at them. They're going to uh, Gold's Veterinary Service. They look at Gold's Veterinary Service and the two big or three biggest competitors in that area. And they pick up more questions about veterinary services and answers from what different companies go to the three competitors. They organize it and they walk into Gold's interview with the report. And the Gold's HR person says, Sir, what, do you, what can I do for you? You want a job. And you go and yes. And they say, why should I hire you? And you say, first of all, I'm very grateful that you had the job. And then she always says, yeah, that's what they all say. Uh, I suppose you're one of those rich, spoiled kids who have uh, had inter services with a bunch of very rich folk, and you've had tutoring, and you, you've gone to ski, Bronx, Portland Park, or Davos. Oh no, sir, 
study. In fact, they did two studies on your business, on the different aspects of what you're offering and what ideas appeal to people. I had this study with 30 people, and that study with 30 people. This is on the physical things, and this is on the way you say you treat You did that, and I called in the vice president. Shauna, would you please come in? We have something really interesting that I never saw before. This young person wants to get a job. It's applying, and you know, we had those other 15 kids who came in, and one was more spoiled than the other. And this kid just did research, two research studies for us on our services and what people want in our services and in general. TED Talks, and, and I think it's amazing that you talk about the question, because I've heard before that our lives are built by, by the questions that we ask, and I think that we need to be asking more questions, because, uh, you know, as we get older, uh, like Ronnie Piper once said, when, when I think I have all the answers, Life changes the questions. So I think you know more more questions and people. And like I got a nine-year-old daughter, and now I want her to ask more questions instead of saying stop it. Well, give her this tools, and I'll help her. Let her do it herself, and tell her if she does two or three of them, you'll give her thirty dollars. If she does three of them, and you'll pay for it. And it's out of pocket. Maybe $10, $4 a person. And you get people, and she gets immediate feedback. And 
if she's nine and she starts learning, by the time she's 14, she'll be able to do sets of studies with her friends on topics of social relevance. Can you imagine what that will mean to her future? She doesn't have to clean out a fire hydrant or a fire stable. She just has to use her brains. And, you know, and I think that that's such valuable information because especially in the days in our future, there's people don't use their back anymore. They don't use their hands anymore. So they need to start using their brains a lot more. And I think that your website would probably push people to the nth degree because now they're constantly thinking, you know? And not only are they thinking, Richard, but also at the same time, there's a work product. So that not only can they say they do it, they can walk in with a document, with a report. What do you think the response will be of, uh, in your daughter's case, if when she goes from, I guess she's going into middle school soon? Yeah, she's in third grade right now. Okay, well, she's in third grade. Now imagine that she goes in now she's in fifth or sixth grade, and she goes into 20 of these studies. What kids are And now imagine what the teacher says when she goes into seventh grade. I've never seen anything. And now imagine when she goes to high school and she has 15. And imagine when she goes to college, the college of her choice, when she goes in and she has 100 of these presentations. She'll beat out everybody. She'll be smarter than a Harvard PhD. I'm a Harvard PhD. She'll be smarter than me. Do you know what I'm writing, what I do all day? Nope. Well, at 77 years old, you don't want to know. But I'm going to tell you what I do part of the day. And part of the day, I take data that I've collected all my students that I've helped collect, and I write it up for publications. So what am I writing up right now? As soon as we're finished, I'm writing up a comparative study that was run by students who never did this before on two, one year, one group of four students did it on a bagel shop, and another year they did it on a steakhouse. Well, you see, that's really simple. There's nothing known about the scientific issue of the mind of the bagel house shop in the mind of the steakhouse. So what did I find? What they found, and I'm reporting in their name. I found that there's many more elements that work for bagel than work for steakhouse. There's two mindsets for bagel, and they're both very similar. One's a little more focused on the bagel price and experience. The other one is more focused on the product and the nutrition. The other part is that uh, for the steakhouse, there's one group that's focused on good quality product, another one is good selection, and the third one is good ambience. Totally different dynamics. And the third thing is when I ask emotions, a bagel is interested or disinterested, whereas for steakhouse, it's confident or not confident. That is a good scientific paper about the everyday. When your daughter is ready, 
my message. All right, so now you I got, got a, it. I got a question to ask you because you know, I'm a retired military. Um, it seems that veterans they get early onset dementia, um, Alzheimer's. Do you think that if you keep the mind more active, that it helps delay those things? Yes, I can't prove it, but this is a, would be a beautiful thing because they can burn while they think. Yes, this is not going to be one of your typical things that we're doing. age group or is it anybody anybody can do it and you don't even have to get respondents there's four dollars a respondent you can get lucid to get you the kind of respondents that you need it's all in the app all in the program i set it up so that any i really set it up for kids so that any kid like seven eight years old or older can become the smartest kid in the world why not do it for adults? Why not do it for uh, for veterans? And why not allow them to be consultants? Why not even have the veterans teach after school classes in this? So the veterans are teaching the children. All right, so now we're talking a little bit about business. A lot of people, they start businesses, but they don't know shit about marketing. And you can have the best product, and if it's not marketed right, you're not going to sell anything. So can you impart some of your knowledge on marketing to us? What do I know about marketing? All I know is do the experiment. Tell me what you're going to tell me about the product. Tell me about the features, what's good or what's bad about it. Put me in a room with an expert marketer and put $100 on the table. We both go to our corners. The expert marketer comes out with her or his ideas of what's going to work. And I come out with 16 ideas that I got from you know, the web, etc. I do the test. I show exactly numerically what works and what doesn't. I guarantee you that'll destroy the expert marketer every single time. I don't know anything. What do I know? I'm a nice guy trying to make a living. But you know, for some reason, you know, um, you know, like who? A lot of people, like my friend Gary Vaynerchuk, always talks about the market will tell you if a product is good or not. But who would ever thought of in the 70s, the pet rock would sell millions of units where, you know what I mean? So sometimes you have to think out, you know what I mean? That's a very interesting thing. And that I don't have any answer for, except tell me how many pet rock types of things fail. Don't tell me about the one success 
tell me about the 1,000 failures. We all know that everything is an overnight success, which drives us all crazy, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Well, yes, it drives us all crazy. What's that 17-year-old kid with $250 million in her pocket, his pocket, and they can't get enough of him? Hey, what about those 87,000 kids in the back who are shut up and going crazy and miserable and saying, oh, well, we don't talk about that. We just want to talk about this one person. So you grow up in a world and you find out that everybody is wonderful. Listen, I have this own feeling myself. Every morning, every damn morning, I wake up and I look at LinkedIn before I go to the you know where. Uh, it, it just helps my emotions. To, uh, it, it gives me a, a, another stimulus. And I look at it and everybody is saying how pleased I am about myself. I'm humbled to be asked to give a talk at the last part of the session on a conference that nobody paid attention to. Look, I just got funded. And if you read LinkedIn, you think that everybody in the world is doing great. Everybody is wonderful. We've just closed our 100th podcast on this. We're experts on that. A humble shout out to a friend who mentioned us in the uh, Peoria Times or the Peoria Toilet Bulletin. You know what I'm saying is that we only hear of everybody's success. We don't hear of the failures. We don't hear of the heartbreaks, etc. We have guys who have their girlfriends. They don't see the 30 girls who broke their heart. No, just the one girl who bought it and take it up with her. I get it, brother. So, so <laughs> I get it. So I can't wait. I'm going to definitely check out the website. And when this goes live on my uh, on my my podcast, I'll drop all the links. So hopefully we'll be changing the world one kid at a time. All you have to do is go through it and don't worry about being right. Get an account and just do it. And don't worry about if it's stupid or not, or you're doing it right or you're not. By the fourth time, you'll be doing it right, even if you're an infant. Just look at a toddler. When was the last toddler who got totally discouraged after sitting up three times and crawling that she or he absolutely refused to sit up anymore because they weren't going to take this humiliation? Well, if a toddler can do it, then you can do it. But of course, maybe you want to, you know, wrap your head in humiliation and say, I can't do it. Or as somebody told me, you miss 100% of the balls if you don't take a hit. Yep. If you don't swing, you miss 100% of the time. Yep, Mr. Wayne Gretzky said that. Yes, he did. right. Howard, have an amazing weekend, brother. And I'm so grateful for you. Thank you so much. Thank you, and God be with all of you. And just remember, you can do it. It's in your hands. Just don't get discouraged. You can do it. Just do four of these, and you will conquer the world. And if you don't conquer the world, uh, then uh, maybe you can have lunch. And guys, just take momentum. The only way to go is. Thank you. God bless.
hey guys, if you're enjoying our show, if you love what we're doing, if you would like to support us, we have a whole bunch of great stuff coming out. We have a brand new t-shirt line that's coming out. Hats, coffee mugs, any kind of swag that lets your friends know that you support Vertical Momentum and you're always looking to get better. Also, we have our new coffee brand coming out. It's called Vertical Momentum Coffee. It's ass-kicking coffee. And, and it will it will get you moving in the morning. So, guys, if you're interested, go to www.richardkaufman.net. Check us out. Leave us a note. Tell us what you'd like, and we'll actually send it to you. The new website is being built. So if you guys want to, our book is out there on Amazon. It's called A Hero's Journey from Darkness to Light. Definitely check it out. It talks about my story, but it also talks about how to survive depression, how to survive addiction. All right, guys, I love you. Thank you so much for always supporting our mission, which is to save lives.